Hi everyone, welcome to a new episode of the Pivot of Change and today I have a guest with me who's already been here a few times before, uh, Angelica, and uh, she's now all the way over the other side of the world in Australia and she's a trauma recovery practitioner and she also does a lot of emotional coaching. She works privately with clients but also now does a lot of workshops in Australia which I think is really exciting. Um, so it's great to have you back, Angelica. Thank you. Yeah, thank you for inviting me back. It's been a long time. And yes, all the way here in the, in the heat and in the summer. And yes, I'm at the moment uh, uh, very busy. I think I had uh, yesterday I was counting like 10 workshops I'm planning in Australia and in Europe. Uh, so yeah, very busy time. <laughs> very busy time. <laughs> I, I was napping today and I was uh, taking some rest that I need. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's very understandable. Uh, it's going to take a lot of energy. And um, what are the workshops mainly about that you're now giving? Uh, so this year, uh, the theme is conscious relationships. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, it isn't focused solely on, on partnerships. Mm -hmm. Uh, on all our relationships you know how to how to improve them how to better them and also you know see the patterns see the you know issues that we we have and uh, you know where they're coming from and so of course we're going to be diving deep into you know our past and childhood trauma and, and everything else so yeah yeah and it's very interesting because of course we all have our things and our patterns that we would like to change and um, of course, a lot of them stem in childhood, so it's always good to get more to the root of it. And how did kind of your, um, yeah, kind of your perspective on relationship change over the last year? Because we just started 2020. So how did kind of 2019 change your perspective on relationships for yourself or in general? Um, yes, it's interesting that this year I have decided to run these workshops, which I planned last year, and then I've had a really big learning on uh, on relationships. I got married in the meantime, and um, yeah, I've learned quite a lot. Uh, and then yeah, I was pushed, and still am, you know, to kind of uh, change certain of my patterns, you know, which mm -hmm. don't serve me. Um, yeah, it's been, uh, for me, it's been, uh, this is for me, not just uh, my, you know, personal relationship, you know, my intimate relationship with my husband, or it's actually right now I'm transforming, I feel, I'm in a, you know, I entered the year of transforming most of my relationships, uh, you know, I'm, you know, certain friendships, you know, I'm about to, or, you know, let go or transform. I wish that we can transform, but, you know, I need to also see how, you know, if this can actually, uh, yeah, if this can happen, because it takes two to tango in all, all, mm -hmm. all of our relationships. So I could just see, yeah, certain things that I basically don't need anymore. And yeah, it's been really a big change with 360 degrees from even last year where, where I've had those friends or those friends kind of served me or they were meeting my needs. And this year, I'm actually, yeah, I was kind of cleaning my covers 
with lots of people. Um, maybe it's not nice to say cleaning the cupboards, but um, at the same time, like I said, I always, you know, uh, think of transforming if possible. But if not, uh, we just need to let each other go yeah. and set each other free to find the, you know, relationships that, that we need. Yeah, and I feel like that is definitely important. It's also been very important for me to actually, in order for to create really conscious and healthy relationship, is to kind of, but I found it different, is to really choose into it, right? So over the years, we can collect and have a lot of friendships, and, and for a lot of people, this can also be with their romantic relationships as well, that we kind of no longer choose into it. Right, we stay friends with them because that's just the way it's been for a very long time, and I feel like that letting go process can be very powerful. And it doesn't always mean that we will no longer kind of bring that that friendship or that we kind of stay apart for the rest of our lives. It can come back again, but I mean, that letting go part I feel like is very important to see if it's kind of true and working for both of you and if it's exactly. really genuine because of course people can change over time um and like so it in some cases it can be that we're no longer as compatible with the people we used to very, be very compatible with um, but it can also sometimes mean i think as well for a lot of people to kind of create a space for yourself to first to really get to know yourself and to also explore other things and also invest in sometimes newer friendships. And then I feel like if a friendship is really real and genuine, even if you have like a space in between it, you can still, that's, that relationship will still come back. You will still come back together if it's really a genuine relationship uh, that's really meant to be in your life. Sometimes we can be really yeah. scared for letting go for that reason. Like, okay, that means I have to let go of them forever, but it's just for now. Um, and then letting go becomes a lot easier. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, for me, it seems, I mean, easier because I've been, this is my seventh country, seventh that mm. I've lived uh, on. So I've changed, I moved, I I have friends that I see you know, I don't know, every, you know, once in a couple of years, some once a year, and, um, you know, with some, I stay in touch over, you know, Skype and, and any other uh, apps, online apps. Uh, it's not so much, and also, um, I entered, like, I last year, I, you know, entered four decades of my life, so uh, for me, the friendships now, the meaning, and, and, and what I need is also different. Mm. Um it's just, yeah, for me, it's very, uh, the kind of feeling inside of me, you know, when, yeah, when I just, I don't feel like, you know, if something doesn't change, I don't think there's a point to continue the same thing. So there's, mm -hmm. you know, this clear um, message of change for me <laughs> and, and not just change, but like a big transformation and just cleaning, as I said, cleaning my cupboards, you know which maybe I haven't even looked into, but, you know, I'm aware how much energy I'm, I'm using, uh, how much energy of that is, is using me, um, mm. you know, to maintain these friendships, to maintain certain things that are serving me. So it's, it's very good that I do, 
you know, once in a while, this uh, cleanup. Um, but how is for you? Because you, you know, where you are living, this is your hometown. Because for you, it's, I often talk to people back home or, you know, wherever people live, where, you know, they, they were born, it's different. Because for Very me, it's different. much easier, you know. My school friends, and, and I mean, you know, I love them, I think of them, uh, and I've changed so much that I, yeah, with most of them, I'm not sure if I would, uh, you know, if we could still be like those best friends in high school or primary school. I don't know, maybe we could, you know, but I'm not staying in touch because, you know, life kind of, you know, took me along, you know, to many other countries and I, I just didn't have time to connect and stuff. So how is for you? Uh, where you yeah. are with your friends. Yeah, I think it's, it is very different because, of course, when there's a big distance, uh, it already, like you've experienced, it already changes a lot of things in general. So kind of the, the then I think in a lot of ways when then friendships that naturally kind of fade away that you're no longer really investing the time and energy into. Um, I think it's it's different when you're in your hometown. So I did do some, a lot of traveling, which I think was really good and beneficial for me to kind of also get out of that area and get out of that zone. So I could really also first discover for myself what it is that I want and I need, because I did find it extremely difficult to do really staying in that tight group. Because uh, I've also experienced a very, in it, which was really beautiful, especially for most I think of my teenage years and growing up it was always great to have a tight and also supportive friendship group but it can also kind of in a way limit you from really discovering your own things and living your own life your way and um, to then distance yourself from that for a while what I really needed while kind of living even though I traveled and here and there, but even though you still live there, it's really, I found it really difficult. I found it like one of the most challenging things um, because I think it comes, people naturally tend to take it really personal when you distance yourself, which is of course understandable, but they always make it something about them. And a lot of times it isn't, right? A lot of times we just really have our unique needs desires and preferences that change over time so what we need and want in friendships can be different um so for me it was really important to first for a long time to distance myself from kind of my childhood and teenage friendships that i had for such a long time which was really hard for me and it kind of for me came with a lot of guilt and i think that's what kind of comes with it because you know it upsets people because people do take it personally because people can feel abandoned, like it can trigger so a lot of those wounds in people uh, when you distance yourself. But yeah, so for me, that was um, really hard. And I'm actually now at a stage where a lot of those friendships are actually, um, in a way, kind of flourishing again. So that connection is regrowing and it was always there, but uh, that I'm actually, again, investing more time and energy in those friendships again. But I feel that uh, the period in between, even though it was hard and, and painful sometimes, was really needed for me. 
because now those friendships, even though they're with the same people, the friendship has changed completely. Um, so the biggest change for me was it no longer is a have to. Okay, I have to see them. I have to invest time in them or I have to do this. I ha it was always for me personally, I have to. A lot of friendships. And it really changed into a choose to. So even for now for a while where I don't feel like seeing certain friends as much, that that's okay too. And it was a change that was really needed for me. So um, yeah, so then like, because I do did realize that some connections really stayed. Uh, so then it was really about learning to accept your differences right, that I'm on a completely different path than a lot of them, which is always the case with childhood friends. You know, we never all embark on like the same path. It's just not the way things are. Um, but to realize that that's okay too. So um, for example, I've now gotten a lot more into spirituality and self-development and I now have more like new friends that came into my life where I can share all those passions with and share that type of depth with. And more of my childhood friends are the friends that I go to, like, to kind of have fun in a way, but not like a superficial fun, but a way of like, they kind of help me and remind me to not take always everything too seriously. So I now see that the benefit they can bring into my life. But I think that, like you said, like, if you, like, like I said, clean, clearing out the closet, that sometimes it's, that's needed too because we do have a lot of friendships that don't bring anything to our life and when some some when we're in a relationship where we're not really bringing or adding on to each other's lives then i feel like that's kind of a friendship that cannot last in the long run or it becomes really painful so what i realized is there has always has to be something that you're getting out of the friendship and yeah and for me, for my older friendship, it's more like the fun, don't take things so seriously. And, you know, you can also allow yourself to be young. And um, my more newer friendships, I can go more into the depths of things, more into the depths of like spirituality, emotions, and um, talk about like childhood trauma and all these things on a very deep level, um, which is something I need to. Um, so I'm just meeting my needs now at different places. So, yeah, that's what I kind of really changed for me in friendships over the last year. Yeah, that's for me interesting because, yeah, I, I found uh, some of my friends who, you know, still they live in the same, you know, place where, where they were born, they grew up there. Um, lots of them, they want to do things. And they have such a big attachment to what those friends are going to think, what they're going to say. Well, I, I can't even remember when last time I was thinking about what my childhood friend, like specific mm -hmm. groups. But it's kind of what I feel like challenge of uh, belonging to the family, mm -hmm. friend, friends group, any type of groups. And uh, yeah, I'm not sure like yeah, my kind of part seem to be quite... Um, I mean, individualistic. I like groups, but I don't like that. So I kind of, uh, mm. I do it in so kind of business way, if, mm. if you can say that, because I, I do like my own privacy and I do like my, you know, my independence and I do like that non-attachment to, I'm going to do my own thing. 
and this is where for me is still sometimes um, I don't crave anymore for what's it called to belong to the groups. But when people they, you know, I think it's actually now I can see more them those groups having a problem because I could see, come on, you know, you should you know get in this group in that group, and I'm like, no, I'll, I'll come here. I will be dancing here. I'll be doing yoga or meditating. We're gonna, you know. My, on my own terms and uh, mm-hmm. yeah so that's kind of my experiences maybe like I said maybe I need to you know look deeper and but I I don't crave for uh, belonging to the groups in that way mm-hmm. um, because it stops me literally it stops me of being fully me and probably that is something that I could still so I could still be in a group but I think it takes so long a lot for a human being to do that you know to actually be part of a group and to say effort I'm just gonna be myself that's mm. those people are usually you know the the rare ones and usually the ones who are which we are following on our social media or celebs or mm. you know yeah because it's challenging it's difficult and like he's yeah. like what you said that the the thinking patterns yeah. what do people think about me we have it a lot more with people from the past and people from our childhood I've noticed because I don't have it with new people at all and that's the funny thing but I can still have it but I'm not really aware of it and because I continued kind of doing my own thing I was able to overcome it but I can still sometimes have it you know when I write something or it's really deep and personal in a way and or goes more into like the depth of things like that I'm like oh my god what are they going to think about it but I've also learned to like okay even though they think that's strange that is too fucking deep for example and I'm like okay that's okay too we're different you know so for and I think it's also a lot of to do with your personal desires and this is also what I talked about like um also one of my previous guests Sophie and um we actually also not that long ago went into my astrology chart and things like that we had a conversation very similar that for me it was like I was born very as a young child very individualistic but it is actually for me what is very like on my path in a way is to kind of create that community and find the belonging. And she said for her that it was actually, I think similar to you, that it was actually the opposite. That, that she had a lot of that community and tightness and that she, for her, the desire was really to break free from that and really have her, her individual thing. So I don't think it's necessarily one thing is better than the other. It really has yeah. to also do with your personal desires. And of course, it can change over time. But yeah, so I feel like for me, it's also a strong desire for more community. And I like it, even though I'm introverted, I do always like being around people and having people around, I've noticed. So I'm not as individualistic as I thought I was, which now is a good thing. But um, it does explain yeah. why you then feel more lonely or things like that because that need for you is just very strong. Mm. Yeah, yeah, no, it's very interesting. Yeah, and me, yeah, I, I currently, I was just saying, but I need definitely, I need friends, I need nature and friends. But mm. yeah, I pick and choose my friends. So, you know, right now I'm in this phase of my life where, because um, I, I, overcame my loneliness so I don't I just don't I don't have it anymore because I when I feel you know the moment that I feel lonely I connect 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, do you understand? This was this my remedy. Like you have, mm-hmm. I don't know, like you have a headache. People who like kind of fix it because I I don't think that I need to wallow more in my loneliness. I've been lonely mm-hmm. for so long, for so many decades of my life, and now I'm I'm grateful that I I got that. So, but nature is really something that like I I need and it's kind of nurturing and yeah. So it's interesting, yeah, with our friendships. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's very interesting, and what I'm also kind of interested in what is like your because we just talked about how kind of 2019 changed your view on relationship. Um, but what I'm also interested in is what was the most interesting or your, kind of like your favorite conversations conversation you had last year that you can remember. So you, if you well, kind of have to kind of I've actually, reflect back on it, what was your favorite conversation you had, and what was it about? I, I now just had a you know like a few months ago I've had a conversation, but this you know was this yeah was this last year. Um, yeah, my brain is not so good with the oh I have a cat which is you know jumped just now on a table, no one's yeah. attention. Um, I've we've talked about uh, I've talked uh, about change with a friend um, how we um, how one person has changed you know mm-hmm. his friend has changed and the way how I heard it is like oh that person did I don't know I express that and they changed and I was just thinking yeah I wish we can just change like that <laughs> you kind of for me, I actually wrote about it the other day, you know, like blog post because I was again inspired about it. Mm-hmm. Um, the talk was basically, you know, I literally for me, I said with like change doesn't come with the realization, with a wow moment, mm-hmm. uh, with realization, with the, you know, attending a seminar, workshop, uh, watching a video or reading a book or having a conversation. You don't you don't change, you just realize something. Mm. And, you know, I said for change, you need to have a daily practice of something. We don't change on a yoga mat, we don't change on a, you know, it's a daily practice of certain things, you know. So I feel like, yeah, we were talking about this, how, you know, humans, we throw this, I changed, you know. So, or people go back to the old relationships, you know, uh, intimate or friendships and it's like mm. oh I change you know come and see how I change I'm like well you can only see how somebody change again ongoing day to day you know whether how they acting reacting what they're saying and stuff like that so this for me was very very interesting uh, uh, realization that yeah we're throwing this word change or I've changed you know somebody mm. just reads the book and say oh this book changed my life did it really yeah, you realize something, but let's now see what you're going to do with that big uh, realization. Mm-hmm. So so for me, uh, like this year or, or like a decade ahead, like it's a lot of focus even more than ever before on action, but not as we, we spoke before the video, not, you know, just acting to tire myself, you know, not to give myself a break, but act on certain things. So for example, right now, um, you know, my this year, like I'm practicing softness, kindness, uh, softness. And how do I practice that? Because people like, I just like to share that as well. You know, you don't change by, I don't know, reading and then thinking. I'm actually repeating myself, whatever I do, in a, mm-hmm. like a daily mantra. 
with I'm trying and now did I change because I've been practicing this now for a while I I don't know <laughs> but I, I will keep uh, doing it because I feel like it's 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 needed long long you know repetition of certain things for this to become actually a habit and for this become to become a new us you know and let's see how you know committed I am how long will will this last so yeah yeah, I think it's great. No, I, I 100% agree. It's also, uh, from, from my experience now working with clients, it's like, especially when we do very transformative therapy, so a lot can, a lot can change within someone like in one day. But I always mm-hmm. prepare people already beforehand and tell them, and also afterwards when you kind of, kind of more practically talk about like how do you actually create real lasting change which you're talking about um and i I prepare them like that's the hard part that's like the hardest part for most people it's like keeping that up so when we get an insight of for example like a lot of people might be um when for example when you go into the emotion more of loneliness and things like that come up like i need more connection in your life and just by the insight, and even though you, that realization can be very powerful, it doesn't literally change things. Like you then have to get out into the world and maybe go up to people, like start conversations with people which you've never done before and which terrifies you for a lot of people. And that that's actually the hardest part of, for a lot of people that I've noticed that do have like older relationships and friendships set into place. but they aren't really opening up or like really not showing like all parts of themselves and then the realization is great but then they actually have to you actually have to do it you know and and that's the hard part and then it's not just doing it like once you know like you said it's like a daily thing it's not just okay yeah yeah i've done it you know i went up to someone i started a conversation oh it's something that you have to continue to do until it becomes natural so i feel like a lot of things in the beginning that's the difficulty of change the beginning is can be quite hard so in the beginning for example same with softness it can be like okay what is softness really and then it's really about like kind of also figuring it out and it's a bit more challenging but the more you repeat something over a longer period of time it kind of then becomes natural and then it becomes something you don't have to think about but in the beginning it is something you have to think about put a lot of energy in um it's not always easy um but it's actually needed before you want an actual change you know because otherwise you know you can kind of go for example do some healing work and get insights then you feel better for a while but then a few months later you feel alone again he's like what what why am i not i thought i healed this no but you you actually do have to meet those needs and if you're not meeting those needs the same pain will come up in a different way later on um, yeah. Yeah. so that's a hard part i think for most people yeah yeah and and especially people who uh work on themselves you know the, mm-hmm. the you know self reading self-help books doing shadow work you know doing deep work you know Mm -hmm. because we're all very proud as we're saying (laughs) with a little ego we're doing uh you know shadow work but actually what i've noticed that you know i've been lately i mean lately means like last i don't know maybe even a year 
like really focusing on this, like what are you actually, you know, what's your actions? And and I've noticed that people who are obsessed, especially with the, you know, healing and, and you know, shadow work, they actually day to day in their practices, they're not practicing it. I don't know, go to the shop, do something different, greet, a smile, or mm-hmm. try to engage if you lack connection. Try and get out of this comfort zone. And, and, you know, like I can't, I don't know, stress this enough that people need to get out of the comfort zone. And it's not that I'm being aggressive to you. A little bit, you know, <laughs> little by little you go. Oh, no, not like a little bit aggressive. Little by little get yourself out of the comfort zone. Because otherwise you can just, you know, close the door, do the shadow work and, and, and live alone with your shadow work. Mm-hmm. I don't see the point of it. So I feel like this needs to be maybe, you know, like mostly like now I'm giving my clients homework, this kind of actions day to day and also the positive things because they're so diving so deep into mm-hmm. such a darkness that I feel they need to also see there's a light and that the world is beautiful as well, you know, yeah. but not in an invalidating way. But there needs to be some kind of balance. Because otherwise, we're just only focusing on trauma and pain, mm-hmm. you know? And I think it needs for us to kind of go, and it's, I know it's hard, you know? I know, like, I, I've been there, you know? But I feel it's my kind of uh, duty almost to remind people on that, you know? So I feel like some kind of light, uh, you know, uh, uh, in their life, also reminding them that there is light. Yeah. And I think it's just as important, right, that we need, we need, both and i think i've also been really into buddhism and then they kind of say like awareness like full awareness and conscious so that it doesn't really come from like an ignorant place it is seeing both so so it's being able to see your pain and also see the darker things and sometimes the things you don't really want to see about yourself that you prefer to hide away from but on the other hand it's also seeing the good and seeing the positive and seeing the beautiful in life because if we would just focus too much on the shadow, then we just get so sucked into it that, that it can then be even that we kind of forget to enjoy things. Right? Or we, and that's what I've realized with a lot of people who kind of get into that pattern of shadow work, that a lot of people, they're people that take it so seriously, like their healing work has to be serious and I have to do it right. You know, that, that's really... Usually that's also, of course, a pattern that comes originally from childhood, but then it's about actually the healing for those people is I can also just enjoy things or that healing can also be being playful and being childish again and just having fun and doing things for no like good logical reason. Um, and that's that healing is a combination of both, right? Just being able to be present, go into the pain, but it's also being able to allow yourself to experience joy and all these positive emotions as well. Um, yeah, and I think when people, especially come from a very traumatic background, it can be like the pain can be something you're so familiar with. So that actually in the beginning that even being really joyful and doing all these things can feel like very unfamiliar or unsafe or like you said it's uncomfortable um but that that is actually more what those people actually need um because otherwise we kind of just get stuck in our pain and it doesn't get us anywhere 
Yeah, and for me, it's sad to watch how, you know, when they say, you know, your youth are, you know, this is the best period of your life. I, in in my work, in our work, I don't see that. I, I just don't see that, you know. So I watched today one beautiful video of, you know, a beautiful old couple. They're so in love. Um, they're in the 70s. And, you know, obviously they've done deep work. They're doing deep work. My goodness, what a joy. What a, they're giggling. They, they're joking. There's so much joy in that video. And I was just thinking, this I haven't seen in a long time, especially in the videos, because it's like all very, maybe I'm in this kind of place right now. But yeah, I think the world needs more joy. And I'm not trying to be, you know, like fake positive. But I, I'm, I'm really like it saddens me the 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 state where we are that you know we are you know scrolling and we're in our pain we're in information we are serious we're stressed this is how we live my goodness you know so when i see somebody joyous this kind of oh wow and and i'm in love with that no matter what they're saying no matter what is information for me i kind of they transmit something that is so needed in this world um, so yeah, like I feel like uh, the youth, I mean, it's just, you know, when they say suffering is optional, people that have been through a lot, you know, and they really, you know, definitely most of these people, they do need a deep healing, deep work. Mm -hmm. And also, yeah, they need some kind of balance there, you know, mm -hmm. to get out, you know, otherwise, especially when, it, when they're in the hard place, I've been there, so I know how easy it is when you're in pain in a dark place, uh, dig yourself even deeper and even deeper. But because it's now such a, you know, it's been, that's, uh, uh, you know, one thing that I'm also, uh, you know, at the moment, it's, it's uh, I kind of don't like it much, that when you say that, you start, you know, you're accused straight away, you're invalidating the pain, you're doing, and I'm not trying to do that. Mm -hmm. uh, I. I can't invalidate anybody's pain. I've been in, in, in the pain like a lot. Like there's no way that I can, you know, someone who is suffering that I can say, you know, just, you know, I don't know, shake it off. So I'm not saying to shake it off or anything, but it's just, yeah, it's, it's kind of like changing of the energy, you know, mm -hmm. taking a shower, you know, go on a sunshine for like two minutes, soak the vitamin D or, you know, mm -hmm. just simple things which can kind of bring life and joy. And then, you know, the pain is still there. You don't need, but like, you know, uh, I know this is not long, but with a friend of mine, you know, who is much younger again, uh, you know, than me. So she's in her 20s. Um, we were talking how she's, you know, obsessed with her pain. And mm -hmm. this is what, you know, lots of us, especially in the young years, we are. Because we don't, you know, the pain is here and we're just, we don't see anything else but, you know. And for me, it's like entering the room where there's so much stuff, but you only see where your torch is, you know, pointed, uh, you know, which your life is. And the way how I now look, you know, so I, I'm now 40, the way how I look my own childhood and trauma, gosh, how much it changes. And it's not just about healing. It's also perception of time, perception of that I am not parent, uh, you know, yet, or I'm not a parent. So I. But I can already relate to certain things and I know, you know, they haven't done it on purpose 
or to really harm me, but they've been in this kind of place. So I can already have so much more understanding and forgiveness, I think, Mm -hmm. you know, so much more. Uh, uh, Again, not justifying anything for anyone, but uh, yeah. So the time, I think, helps. And uh, years help with that a lot. Yeah, and we with healing, of course, we go to go through different stages, right? So, like you said, there's a very important stage. It is to validate that pain and to validate perspective you were in as a child. But usually, after we went through that, then it's also okay to just see it again from different perspectives. So we can also get a deeper understanding of it and. And in a way that's not approving or condoning certain behavior, but more in a way of seeing and also understanding that it didn't have anything to do with us personally, right? And I think for that is a lot of people, that's also a pattern we get stuck in is to really to take everything really personally. Um, And actually when we go through that healing process i feel what i've noticed is first okay yeah i needed to be able to really be my pain and that needed to be validated but after a while it also was really healing for me to also see and understand the perspective of my parents and to see like it has nothing and actually was very healing for my inner child see like okay i can see and understand now their childhoods and where it was coming from and the pressure they were under, like a lot of parents are under a lot of pressure. And that's why they did those things. And it was never something personal with me because that's the, the, the more the, the perspective when we're still in pain. It's like, like you said, it's very, we're so absorbed in our pain and everything is about to pain. But when we kind of get out of that, we can see more clearly. And I think it's also allowing ourselves to get out of that. Right, giving yourself permission to also be, like I said, experience that joy again. Um, Because especially for people aware of inner childhood, you don't want a child of you to be in, when you have a young child, you don't, you're not going to be with a child for, for them to focus on their pain the entire time. And I think that's also the shadow side of what I've seen with, more parents I've worked with with their children and they become aware of emotions and they become aware of like how we are not supposed to suppress negative emotions and we should really feel and acknowledge that but the flip side of that is thinking there's something wrong with the child all the time right and and sometimes all a child needs just for a parent to just be present with it like it's okay not to feel good all the time but it's also okay to feel good again. And you don't always have to fix you or go into therapy or whatever it is, because that's what I've seen as well, that, that you now have a lot of parents that are really conscious and it's like, I want help for my children. So I want also them to go and see a therapist or they send them to me, you know, and I'm like, no, let your child be a child and go to their transformation. And it's also okay when they feel a little bit worse for a while. And you don't always have to, like fix you or change something in the child like again like both is good like both the more heavy emotions but also the very light emotions um and actually the pattern that keeps a lot of children stuck is like 
um, thinking that there's something wrong with them. And I think that's also the trap of shadow work. There's something wrong with me, there's something wrong with me. So I have to continue going and do all this work. Um, but it's like a never ending um, cycle because it's just like a, a loop more. People get and it. Also they and also they feel injustice. I've had actually, was it two days ago, I have, I've had a client who, you know, she's also like a girl in her, young girl in her 20s and, you know, accusing her mom and, you know, and, and, you know, we spoke about it and, you know, I work with many clients who are still very angry with the parents and mm -hmm. fair enough, you know, yeah. anger is there. But I actually said, okay, you can't change the past, can you? Mm -hmm. So they've done, you know, so let's say even in a personal relationship, like, you know, with a partner, you know, and then like if you split up and then you're only focusing, he did me wrong and he did. Mm -hmm. So what are you basically doing? You're focusing on something that has already passed. It's already happened with our parents. It's been so much past. We have, you know, decades of them doing wrong to us. Now I'm always saying like focus, yeah, focus on your healing. Um, but, uh, Putting a gun in front of the face and saying, say sorry, you did me wrong. You know, this is not going to get you love or safety, mm -hmm. anything that, you know, needs from them in the first place. You know, so like I'm kind of even trying to bring the logic into it mm -hmm. because clearly like even rational mind, like you will not get it, will you? So yeah. that, like we need to know that this is not going to serve us. The past has already happened. We can't erase mm -hmm. it. So we just are responsible for our own healing. And, you know, and, you know, even that anger and forgiveness, you know, I'm not, you know, trying to push anybody into, but bringing it up over and over and expecting love and, and, and change from the parents. I think it's a bit, uh, like I said, not, uh, there's no logic there. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so it's good to basically, you know, to stop doing that because it's just waste of lots of energy, lots of our energy and time. We we spend on on that and we can we can get that we can change that we cannot change the past you know so yeah some deep stuff you know but it's uh, for me it's beautiful how through a work you know with the clients you know you just get such a profound uh, thoughts and then like mm -hmm. uh, yeah revelations really because I've just realized gosh we all did that we all are doing that you know. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you can also become aware of these patterns in yourself as well. And what I've really learned is, I think, and that's again seeing both sides, is that, yes, it's good to see all the negative sides of your parents, right? And see how it has impacted you. But it's also okay to acknowledge all the good sides of a parent as well. And all the good things they've brought you. And um, not, in again, in a way of condoning certain behavior and for some people that may be more difficult than for others but I think that can be really good and really healing and then you it's the choice up to you if you want to invest in that relationship you don't have to you know so it's your own conscious choice if you see like okay I want to invest in my in the relationships with my family members or I'm saying like or to be really honest with yourself like I don't want to Right. And not in a way of like blaming this, them and saying like they did this, this to me and this and that, but no saying like I personally don't want to. Like you also said with the friendships as well, for a lot of people that can be family um, as well. You know, that you're like, 
they only take my energy. They don't bring anything to my life. And to say like, that's the reason why I don't want them in my life right now. And not just because of the past, but because of the now. And um, what I also did is like, you know, because for, for a lot of things that I waited a long time for getting the apology I wanted or getting the acknowledgement that the things happened that happened because you wanted validation. And what I realized is then I just went into moments like, okay, let's imagine that you get that apology, right? Everything happens the way you want to. They come up to you and they say like, so sorry for everything I've done. They say the exact words that you want to say. And I mean, it's like, that's probably never going to happen. And it probably won't. But I just imagined myself and said like, what would change for you? What would change for you? And I was like, well, which for me, it was only, it was about like this validation that it did happen. And I was like, I already know that. I don't need anyone else to tell me that. And, and that helped me a lot too, to realize that, okay, what actually are you trying to get out of that apology? Or, and, and to really get really honest with yourself. And what I've also learned is that things that we didn't get from our parents, we can get from other people. And that is a very new, very big insight for me, I think, the last year about relationships, like especially around parents and family, like everything that was lacking and still is lacking in your family or all the things you didn't get, you can get it somewhere else. And when we are so focused on the past and on our family and how it's all wrong and bad, we're so close off to finding that solution that there might be for some, for me, it was very healing to now have older friends. I have a lot of friends, especially in my CrossFit community, that are like in their 40s and 50s, like up to 60s, like my parents' age. And what I realized is that actually that is what I needed. So it doesn't have to literally come from that one person. The same as in a romantic relationship, like not all your needs have to be met by that one partner. Um, and then you're actually yeah. empowering yourself a lot by doing that. Exactly. Yeah, you said it very well. I actually wanted to say because yesterday we had a I've had a workshop where I actually said, yeah, so it's copy paste to your partner. Exactly what you said, you know. Asking from parents, asking from parents and then but it's also uh, you know, I think I've mentioned this before, it's addiction also to a drama, to a pain, and it's addiction mm -hmm. to when you you know, we were kind of, uh, uh, I call it taking and removing the layers off. We were trying to peel off. Yeah, I was trying to find a word. Um, peeling off the layers. Underneath that is basically, you know, I've been addicted to my own pain because this is the only way how I could get love. Love, mm. how I've learned I'm not well. Oh, I'm in pain. Then, you know, I kind of get through that sorry love mm -hmm. oh so sorry and we love you but this you know right now like yeah i mean the phase of my life i don't need that anymore mm -hmm. and as i said like one of my friends you know like we were just uh, talking a lot about it and it was just trying to you know with questions what are you gaining what are you gaining and it's literally the love <laughs> right now this is the only way which you know she's convinced that this is uh, how to get love you know mm -hmm. By being, by staying in a pain, you know, literally staying in pain because this is what you, you know, you feel. 
because she knows all of us we are there when she suffers oh my god you know i have a terrible you know this and that and she always she knows she will always have people then that she didn't have like you know as a, as a child it's emotional neglect you know so mm -hmm. it's it's very interesting that you know it's it's good to ponder about these questions you know how are we you know what are we trying to get and how are we actually you know trying to get love you know mm -hmm. to human beings yeah and a lot of us were so in the beginning we were so unaware of these patterns and i also realized that a lot of times for a lot of children it's like the it can also be like when you get in attention or nurturing is for example when you're sick or when you're unwell right and that's the only time when parents really pay a lot of attention to a child but later it can become in a pattern that, that you feel like oh I, I can only for other people it's the other way around like i can only have attention and things when i'm really happy and joyful it can also be like i said actually i can only get love and affection when i'm in pain and it all then starts with really becoming aware of that process but sometimes it's hard to see about it yourself you know but then it's also about realizing we all have these patterns and we all have these things and there's nothing bad about it. It's just something that happened along the way and that you do have the power to change that. Um, yeah, like okay. we said before, sometimes it takes longer time to really change a very big pattern, but that it just takes a lot of commitment, but it will be worth it for sure. Yeah, just the daily practices. Um... And commitments, yeah. And also, now you also recently got married last year. Um, you did already mm -hmm. tell me that you're not like super into the whole um, marriage thing. It's not something you extremely value as much as like some women do. Like it's a, their entire like they yeah. plan it all out, you know. Um, but but how did it kind of also change your perspective on relationship going through that like transition because even though we if we can put so much emphasis on it or not it still is a transition of a relationship right yeah so last year um i mean still it is it's a big adjustment uh, mm -hmm. for us both so we've been all both of us we're quite in individualistic and mm -hmm. you know we were living in you know on our own in our own spaces for too many years <laughs> and then we've met and yeah i mean marriage was just you know the the way of you know being together here in australia uh, uh you know we didn't want to you know live separate and then and continue the romance while i'm in europe and he's here um but yeah it was actually fresh a relationship fresh marriage and mm -hmm. uh living together yeah it was <laughs> it's uh uh, you know, suddenly, like out of the, as you call, like the honeymoon period, very quickly, did we get into the real shadow work? <laughs> because it's just, uh, yeah, two different people, uh, or you know, we have very, you know, like many, many similarities, but now we're living in, uh, you know, together, and uh, yeah. So we were talking about earlier on. So I, I realized how much actually I need my space. And mm -hmm. how much often I would give uh, men in relationships, you know, in my previous relationships, I would give men space and I would feel guilty for asking for space and time mm -hmm. um, because of my upbringing. So, and then I would resent, you know, 
it will be internal resentment of of a, of a guy. Well, now, like, I more and more I don't feel guilty or I you know I'm dealing with this guilt or shame about something because I feel those are my needs mm -hmm. so uh, but yeah it's a it's a it's a big adjustment so for me um, this is probably the most uh, I mean mature relationship so far we always saying the most but I'm only 40 hopefully you know I will have some more life to have even more uh, uh, you know, mature way of, of handling everything. Um, it's yeah. So my husband is basically responsible for me going into my softness. I mean, mm -hmm. you know, it was time. It was mm -hmm. time for me to see how hard or how harsh or you know I have been because of you know the way I grew up, where I grew up, you know, culturally and everything else. But I, you know couldn't see that you know and i've seen this recently even in one of my friends and and i was just saying to a friend of mine the other day how is on a big screen that it, like ugliness of the shadow the darkness of the shadow sometimes in other people mm -hmm. there's like on a big cinema screen but we are never seeing it that big ever in ourselves because mm -hmm. we always say yeah probably i have some yeah but it's it's almost impossible. I'm, I'm still like wondering. It's almost impossible to see that big, because <laughs> ego is just not allowing us to see that. Like, oh my God, I'm not behaving in this kind of way. <laughs> mm -hmm. So yeah, um, and also, so the other thing what I'm really, really grateful for in this relationship, um, in my marriage, is uh, I. Uh, my husband helped me to actually dive the deepest that I've ever dived in, into my fear, into my, mm. the origin of my, like the roots of my fear. Um, and I've just realized that I've done with the fear, like what I've done before with the, you know, sadness or grief, but I've, I've never actually, you know, I've came where, I, you know, I've done what I've done in my life where I came even here in Australia now, and, and I live, you know, a beautiful life. But actually, I didn't, I never uh, understood. I never, I forgot that part of me, which was very afraid for a very long time in my childhood. Very, so now, like, I have, like, like on somatic level, I feel that fear. I felt that fear. I felt that fear before I would get married where I thought, geez, like I've never felt that because, and this is for me, again, going into a family, you know, which I was, you know, pretty good with avoiding as well mm -hmm. because of my, you know, I grew up in a, as an orphan and in a foster family, you know, and I even ran away from, you know, it was, you know, some emotional and then physical abuse and, you know, I left when I was 19. So, yeah, basically this was now like, you know, Am I, you know, what am I doing? Because I was like, I'm, you know, I've been on my own. I know how to take care of me. And I just felt like this is not safe. This wasn't, but I've, you know, it wasn't on a, on a, on a, on a thinking level. It was much deeper. Mm -hmm. So this has been basically, you know, pretty deep stuff you know, within a, you know, over a year. So yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm very, very grateful because, uh, you know, I think on your own, um, most likely you would never get maybe this quick into this stuff mm -hmm. so i think our partners and then you know our children and you know parents or whoever like you know they really help us the closest people to us really help us to go into that stuff so 
yeah, no matter how hard it is at times, um, you know, the consciousness and I think like that years and, and calmness, like an acceptance, I think helps me to, yeah, to go through it much easier than, you know, I would have, you know, probably years and years ago. So, yeah, that's where I am. And that's my learnings. Thank you for asking. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and I feel like for most people, it is that actually the people closest to us, so it is especially when it comes to relationships, they're making us aware of it and bring up the, the biggest stuff, right? And like the closer that connection goes and comes and the closer someone comes, we can no longer hide from these things. But when we're really like strong and independent, it, it's also a way, it's e a lot easier to hide from certain things, right? That are still painful or certain fears. And I, I think in like very close relationships, we actually have to face these things. There's like no choice you have to. Um, but that it can actually be a very good thing, um, even though it can be really painful and challenging at times, which I think it is for everyone. Yeah. 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 I mean, I, I think I was always craving inside, you know, for gentleness, for softness. Mm -hmm. And, and I want to be like, this is not basically my commitment and my mission because I feel when I'm in that space, it's all good and all can can come to me all all is good you know so yeah and only now i'm realizing how hard and how you know in a hard space i was and how hard i was you know to myself mm -hmm. first and then to the world you know but yeah it's it takes uh, yeah it takes a long or a lot for us to see that you know so very grateful yeah very very grateful I feel like because you know I keep talking I know it's probably too much over the years you know being 40 you know there's something about it that I feel wow this is going to be a beautiful another you know decade or two like you know getting hard but it's yeah it's you know like when you cook something and when you cook it you know when you simmer it for a long time you know mm -hmm. and you know certain ingredients you know and you add up spices and stuff it's I love aging. I, you mm -hmm. know, young people often you know, say, oh, it's, you know, we're all, you know, one and so all, but your life experience as a human beings, you know, mm -hmm. they really, really help. And I'm so grateful with the, yeah, with the whole of the process of aging. Oh, yeah. I often say like, yeah, I'm grateful here where I am. I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't like to be younger because they, yeah, every time when I work with younger clients, I'm like, oh, like my older friends have more joy than the youngsters and I remember my all my pain and I was like no I like to be where I am so yeah I think there's a lot of beauty in it and I can also see it with like I said what I really enjoyed also having friends that are a lot older than me and it is like a real friendship and like they they actually have that like they don't take it as seriously as much what other people think and they don't take themselves it's not for all people for for most people that are pretty aware and like really living life they they don't take themselves as seriously anymore and i think that's the beauty <laughs> of aging and the beauty of older people they don't think themselves and other things as seriously and that they actually because of that live a lot more in the moment and 
I think a lot of young people, and I can also see myself sometimes we're so focused on the future and we have to do all these things and we have to create all of this and put so much pressure and I think at a certain age not everyone but a lot of people are like nah, I'm not going to pressure myself as much anymore and that there is a lot of beauty in that like in that experience and yeah I just wanted to add it it takes you know time and lots of you know love for I don't know a little tree you know young tree to develop its roots and this is what i see when you say like i mean you know again not maybe even most people but you know also many of my older friends they you know there's like self-confidence self-esteem mm -hmm. is higher mm -hmm. is healthier uh, um, believe in self self-love even but this isn't because unfortunately we're not taught that you know mm -hmm. unfortunately most of us we haven't been taught that so in order for the you know the little tree to actually grow its roots and to actually you know when the wind blows you're still there because you're four on fourth you know of course my roots are much stronger i've been through the freaking winds and storms and you know it's it's it teaches you so yeah um the the time in time and practice you know i always say it's not just time <laughs> it's lots of practice and, and reflection but yeah it, it, it's beautiful what it does to us you know so because um, i wish this to every human being you know from year to year to look back and to you know to be grateful where you are and especially because we as a women maybe also in a society you know we're so obsessed with our looks with the aging with the wrinkles with a you know uh, we're having expiry periods you know and with the you know becoming a mother or not you know so i think it's very like I'm very grateful to have this. I mean, that I, I, I don't feel stressed. I actually enjoy it. And I feel, mm -hmm. oh, like I've never been enjoying my, my womanhood, my femininity, my humanness, or, you know, my, yeah, my life as much as right now. So, yeah. And it's never too late for that, you know? No yeah, what exactly. Age someone is at, you can still rediscover yourself and still implement and experience all these things that you desire um, and i was also wondering um if you also have some questions from me because we're going more towards the end of it now um we will continue of course can continue on going forever um, <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah i do actually i uh, wanted to uh how many questions uh, uh three say two or three 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 uh, what is your daily self-love, self-care practice? Um, I think my most important practice, and it's always been, is been just my morning meditation. And it's been my practice, I think, for almost five years. And for me, self-love is not just about, like, pampering yourself. You know, like, even though it is also something I had to learn, it's more the softness thing, but that's okay, too. But... For me, that is my self-love practice because it's the moment that I'm always committing to that's for me. So it's no matter where and what, what's going on in my day, I always start my day like that. And I think it also gives some stability and safety, and that's what I need. And there's also a, a time for me to be, just be with my emotions and be with myself before I start my day. And I think and I think that a lot of the other self-love and self-care things come out of that. 
So again, it's not just about the practice, but I think that practice has taught me to be present with myself. And I think that is actually where like self-love comes down to, is just being present with yourself, no matter what stage you're in. Um, yeah. Awesome. Uh, and what, <clears throat> what's your latest, deepest uh, realization or learning? Mm. yeah um i think my deepest realization is that it's okay not to be okay and not it's okay not to be happy and then you can still have other people around so i think that was a really big realization for me so first i was i thought i embodied that like it's okay not to be okay like I, like we've talked before about the shadow work, I was really good at being present with my own pain. But what I recently realized, I was really uncomfortable having other people around me when I wasn't in a positive state. So what, what I realized is that even though I'm like grumpy sometimes, it doesn't matter, you know, I, I can still be around other people. Um, so that was a big realization for me. Like. Um, because I was really, uh, I got really comfortable being with negative emotions, but being in those emotions around other people, that was something I wasn't as comfortable with. Yeah. That so resonates, yeah. So I understand. <laughs> um, and what are your three favorite uh, podcasts or channels or YouTube channels or or yeah. people? Um, I think right now one, one of my favorites is London Real and it's also a company that I've worked for a little while as well um, so I kind of also really know the insights of it but I've been listening to their podcast a lot um, over the last years and I think the quality is really high so the quality of the guests but also the quality of the interviews and like the depth and what mm -hmm. I also what I really, a lot of podcasts I really like is, um, yeah, I think there was definitely in the beginning in spirituality, not as much now, but I listened a lot to it and it was Wisdom from North. Um, so it's mm -hmm. a Yannicka and then Yannicka is also little, like, I think almost a year ago, probably, she was also a guest on this podcast. Uh, so I also mm -hmm. really enjoyed connecting with her and she's also someone that's really genuine and, um, yeah really doing things for the right reasons and uh yeah so i also loved how kind of um free her podcast was and how like unashamed she is to ask certain questions and things and she's really open and another podcast i really like is joe rogan is very well known i think for a lot of people but i really like a lot of the guests he has and I also like the, that it's a in a very like relaxed way. So it's very relaxing. It's like going really deep into a lot of deep stuff, but in a very more relaxed and fun way. Um, yeah. So I think those were like the three. Awesome. Yeah. Um, awesome. Yeah. I also like Joe Rogan. And uh, yeah, this one real, I think I've seen a little bit, but I haven't actually followed them. So I actually wrote, them, wrote it down because I want to check out. Yeah. yeah yeah so they have they have a lot um 
Yeah, a lot of guests that I really like, so that that went really deep into also go into therapy, but also into healing and self development. But I felt in a very like authentic way. Um, so that's I think what attracts you most to certain podcasts. It's like when I feels really authentic, and also like the host is also someone that kind of embodies it, you know, like also yeah. lives lives it and not just talks to people. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I know what you mean. Okay. Did you have fun questions for me? <laughs> so I do have also some. There are also some deeper questions for you as well. Oh, um, what about fun? <laughs> you also want a fun one? Okay, let's yeah. start with a fun one. So, what historical figure is fun and deep at the same time? It's very fun. <laughs> This sounds too deep. <laughs> Everything is really deep. So what historical figure would you like to have a deep conversation with? So it can be anyone of the past, you know, so, so that is past, like anyone you would like to have a conversation with. And it can be anything. It can also be about something fun if you want to. <laughs> oh. Yeah, I'm just now trying to think the fun... Uh... Yeah, okay, let's say uh, this guy, the comedian who died, Robin Williams, yeah? Mm, oh, Is yeah. he historical enough, yeah? So I yeah, think because yeah. of his comedy, I think he would be also deep, and yes. but also has a good sense of humor, so maybe with him. Oh, that's <laughs> a good one. I, I like, yeah, I, I love his humor. I know, because favorite when you think historical, I just, yeah, I mean, historical, historical, historical I thought about, I don't know, Churchill, or, and I oh, thought no. about politicians. No, no, <laughs> just, just someone like that's kind of well known, and yeah, but I think, yeah, I Williams is, yeah, I love his, like, one of my favorite, more favorite movies, or with his, I think he's one of the best actors, um, yeah, so far, and and actually freddie mercury freddie mercury i think he would be also fun and like i don't know i just with a movie that i've seen about his life i really like i fell in love with the you know who he was you know? yeah so yeah that's also, it too <laughs> yeah. okay two. that's okay you can have two and um then also if you would kind of now would be able to have like a bottle and you could put a message in like this glass bottle and then like young Angelica would then be walking over the beach alongside the shore and then that bottle would come to the shore and she would open it up and you can now put like a short message in there for her what would you put there for her to read like around let's say around like seven years old something like that Yeah, I would say you're loved and it's all, all going to be okay. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, for seven-year-old when you said, yeah. That's it. And um, and this is also going to be then a deeper question. Um, what is love for you? Love mm. for me is this softness, gentleness, kindness. That's yeah anything that we can do from that space for me is love yeah yeah i think it's beautiful <laughs> yeah thank you i think so too i think love is beautiful <laughs> and the softness <laughs> is. is beautiful <laughs> yeah yeah 
And I think it's amazing that you're recommitting yourself to that. And I think uh, for a lot of, I think, a lot of who identify as strong, independent women, I think it's a very great practice to commit to because it's beautiful to have that strength and that individuality. But like everything, we kind of need both, right? So we know we need yeah. both the strength and the softness. And like one is not better yeah. than the other. Yeah. yeah. And my husband actually brought it up that um, because I'm teaching this uh, even more in, in my community or back home, you know, I'm mm -hmm. from ex-Yugoslavia, I'm from Croatia. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I think we're world known by, you know, not by our softness so much, mm -hmm. <laughs> not yeah. to generalize the whole, you know, the whole Eastern Europe per se. Um, yeah. But um, because I'm bringing this message or I'm bringing this, this teaching or I want to, you know, help really there with mm -hmm. softness because we really need it. Mm -hmm. uh, however, he said that I'm in a Western world, that I am um, my, like my strength here, you know, like how he sees me, is that standing up for you and boundaries. Mm -hmm. And he keeps saying to me, you should uh, uh, have a workshop on boundaries, you know, mm -hmm. for the Western world. So I see, you know, like, yeah, how we, you know, gain something from the region or from the place where we are, you know, from. And this is where I gain my standing up and mm -hmm. boundaries. Uh, and, uh, you know, I think this world is teaching me here softness as well because it's different culture and it's different. Uh, but, yeah, it needs to be balanced, you know. Yeah. Just and exactly is, what you said, yeah. you know. And if every culture balanced, has we are not things. Yeah. yeah. I think that's the beauty of every culture. And that's why I always love traveling so much because every culture has its own unique strength, right? It's its own unique things. And then I think that's why it's most powerful for like opposing cultures in a way. Like they can learn most from one another because what we yeah. kind of have excessively that other cultures might be lacking. Um, it helps but, us to bring that balance yeah yeah uh, not just even for me traveling but even living uh, in a country because yeah. you in order for you to live you need to accept the the rules of the kind of culture mm -hmm. uh, and you need to immerse yourself in while you know when we travel uh, depending how long we're traveling in, yeah. in that country it's different we're yeah. still with our, our heads on and we're looking at it oh they're like that so that stopped at some point only if you actually uh, are committing to live there. So, and some people, it takes them a while. So that's why they struggle to settle because yeah. of non-acceptance of the, what's different for them. So, yeah. And it can be very difficult. I think it's challenging for everyone to, like when to kind of stand strong in your own thing. This is my thing. And when to kind of adapt more. Um, I think it's, it's, it's again difficult to find that balance, right? Um, what do I accept and what do I not accept for myself? Yeah, I would remove passports, borders, systems. And if we would, you know, again go into like nomadic way, <laughs> we would have just gained so much more wisdom. You know, that's anyway, that's for another time, like a <laughs> deeper topic. Yeah. Uh, I don't want to open it up, but this is how I feel living, you know, in so many different, you know, continents and, 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 and regions in the world and the countries and, uh, you know, different cultures, just how beautiful that is. It's like spices, you know, back home we use, I don't know, uh, 
couple of spices yeah they're mm-hmm. like our favorites and then you know i was living in the middle east and you know i traveled through asia you know and it, it's just yeah the world needs more of spice in my yeah. humble opinion like it's, it's beautiful it's beautiful how we're all different and the same at the same time you know thank you sunny <laughs> yeah thank you so much and what are the coming months like this year for you looking like? Are you going, still going to continue doing a lot of workshops in Australia? So, yeah, uh, I'm actually now just focusing on the next couple of months because they're quite, uh, yeah, they're quite full. Um, mm-hmm. So uh, within a month, I'm going to be traveling all around Australia with my workshops in uh, like different cities of Australia. Mm-hmm. And after that, I'm going to Europe for three months where I'm going to be delivering workshops, traveling, you know, going to the weddings with my husband and, you know, mm-hmm. and I'm going to do uh, one thing that I'm uh, excited about. I'm going to do Camino de Santiago, like a long hike, uh, you know, 800 kilometers long from, you know, uh, north of France and then yeah, all, all the way down through Spain for like, I think, wow. 30 plus days, you know, so so excited about it because i love walking i love uh, nature and i love uh, spanish culture and and everything else so i'm I'm glad also to uh, i'm starting to relearn uh, spanish again so that i can use it there for for the month and yeah exciting yeah very exciting i think camino i will need it after all the work and workshops that i'm gonna do how about you yeah um about me so like this year i'm going to doing a lot of uh, retreats as well um so mainly now helping and facilitating at other people's retreats and different trainings and um yeah also doing a lot of private sessions now here in holland and also still also a bit online uh, but also really for me the intention is years to travel a lot so i'm first going to costa rica in march uh, until the beginning of April and in yeah and then I'm also in April going to Ibiza also for the retreat and then let me see in May I'm going to Prague um, so yeah so that's what's planned for now and what happens like after that I uh, still have to see but it's for the coming months and the rest is still kind of open for me um, so yeah I'm looking forward to it yeah we are pretty full, yeah. This is for me as well, planned just until August. And I haven't yeah. even, yeah. Europe for me, like now from Australia, I'll just say Europe. I'm going to be in, I don't know, in five or six or maybe even more different countries. <laughs> so it's different, yeah. Now I become Australian. When I go, I, I visit most Europe when I'm in the region. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, awesome. Awesome plan. Sounds like exciting year ahead, exciting months for you and for me. Yeah. And, uh, Thank you for this chat. It was really beautiful to catch up yeah. after after a year almost, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, it was great speaking to you again and it's great. Um yeah, and I also hope that everyone who listened to it enjoyed it as well. And also if you say, Okay, I'm interested, you're you are in Australia or around in Europe around that time, I think you can they can just visit your website, right? Um, for yeah, more information. You can find it all. Uh, yeah or on my facebook or on my on my website yeah put it in the description so thank you for being here and i want to also want to thank everyone for listening and wishing you all a beautiful week